I might sound a little funny because I am on my phone today as opposed to my fancy Yeti mic because I am in uh, on location, as it were, on a little mini vacay with my family. So I am in a, a child's bedroom <laughs> and um, uh, I am on my phone. So if I sound funny, that's that's why. As Hopefully a professional professional podcaster slash wannabe broadcaster you mm-hmm. forgot your microphone and forgot your airpods pro that is true no i did i did not forget my airpods pro i can't find them which is a small emergency all right so let's get started so uh, welcome everybody this is the biz dev podcast the podcast about developing your business um, i'm david baxter and i am with gary voigt as usual welcome gary hello Oh, well done. You had your very white voice going on there for a second. Well done. It was a friend's so, reference. Oh. I'm a good yeah, no one's going to get it. There's like one oh. person that downloads this, so maybe they'll catch it. <laughs> That's fair. No, hey, we, we've been going up by single digits. It's been amazing. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but uh, no, I'm usually good at the friend's references, and uh, apparently I missed that one. My wife has them all memorized, and if you ever play friend's trivia with her, you will lose horribly and embarrassingly. Oh, I don't know, dude. We're, my family's oh. pretty good at that. <laughs> oh, man. That sounds like a challenge. We're going to have to take that out. Yeah, we'll do Zoom trivia over. Zoom trivia of friends. And it'll just be my wife versus everybody because I am I am lacking. I can do the basic ones like pivot and stuff like that, but I, no. Yeah. Anyway. So let's talk about something more important. Let's talk about the Twitch hack. Yeah. Uh, you been keep, keeping up with that at all? I've been keeping up with it from the perspective of, I can't believe it happened. It seems like someone's really out to get Twitch, but more interested in seeing how much they pay out their creators. And I don't really know what happened or how it happened. I saw something about, I guess, a hacker or whoever, like pulled down a bunch of their their code and, and stuff from GitHub and posted it all out on 4chan. Yeah, they... I guess. What they apparently they got three years worth of creator payouts. That's a big deal. And and there's a lot more news articles going deep about that. I don't want to dive into that specifically, but it is really interesting. You're going to find a lot of stuff about who gets paid what and all that. That's going to come out in the next few weeks. Um, Yeah. Even with like YouTube and stuff, any kind of streamer payout, creator payout, like the whole, the whole way they structure their, you know, paying of people (laughs) generating money for them. It's just so weird. So. It's always going to be weird. The thing that's interesting to me as a coder, and and I know I feel almost bad saying this, but as a pure nerd, I am intrigued to see how apps like that truly are built and run because that is, it's serious. Um, that's just neither there, here nor there. They also got, I'm wondering, the other thing I was wondering is, is this more of a hack on Twitch or is this a vendetta against Amazon, their parent? Oh, yeah, I guess. That's a much bigger deal. I know there was something, uh, I guess, whoever put it up on 4chan said something about, I guess, I don't know if it was leveling the playing field with other streaming services or just the fact they wanted to make it less of a monopoly between Amazon and YouTube. Well, but but there is no com- there is no competitor as far as I can think of, a real competitor. I mean, Microsoft tried and failed. Um, but well, they wanted no to, oh, wait. To Twitch. Here's the quote. They wanted to foster more disruption and competition in the online video streaming space. I mean, I guess if you want to call it the online video space, you can okay. put Twitch and YouTube in the same planet, but they're not. They're, you do not use YouTube the same way you use Twitch. They're just not the same. 
animal. And so I don't know. I'm guessing this was more of a vendetta against Jeff Bezos. Um, and they, are, know, there other other, stuff. are there yeah. other big game streaming platforms? No, no, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Microsoft <laughs> created one, I think Mix, I think they had Mix. And they paid a lot of money and they they even paid some big dollars to like Ninja, who was the biggest Twitch streamer at the time, to bring him over. And they brought over a few other really big names. I mean, they were splashing some serious cash to make their yeah, little, it was a yeah. It was a really good idea. And then the only thing I think that held them back on that was that you can only access it through your uh, Microsoft Zoom. Oh, hey, that's just harsh. I had a Zoom and I loved it so much. And then they killed it. I will still fight to the death over the fact that the zune had the coolest interface i love you and star lord (laughs) i could totally nerd out about the zune interface and i would be very proud to do so but i won't right now Um, so how do you think how do you think a hacker can get to all this source code i mean you would think it's twitch it's amazon their stuff must be locked down tight oh gosh i i I mean i would be pure conjecture but uh, Generally speaking, it was probably if I were to guess, it was probably some sort of inside job, but I don't know. I mean, usually those kinds of hacks that I have ever read about, because I've obviously never done one, um, it's usually based on a, a it's, it's not it's, it's not hacking as much as it's social engineering. Like it's what that means is they will find someone's password through, you know, click on this picture and blah, 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 and they'll get a keylogger in there and they will find one password like to Twitter, for instance, on a guy and and that he's using the same password and they're bouncing around and seeing how many different logins they can get using that same password and email combo. So many people just share their own password or they'll, they'll do other things to to really just trick the human rather than elite hacking skills. And then they get in and now they can just, Oh, that I hit pay dirt and I'm off. Now I'm not saying that's what happened here. That does happen more often than, than, Oh, I just, you know, pack the Pentagon like I'm on some TV show in three seconds, which is still my favorite. Um, okay, but, another uh, question for you. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the nerd that I need to answer this one. Um, I guess I'll it says the source code for mobile desktop and video games were all leaked or whatever. Um, but it said with commit history going back to the early beginnings is what's a commit history? So when you are developing code, uh, you're using something like GitHub. There's others like it, but GitHub's a big boy. Um, where you, when you finish something, you finish uh, fixing something or adding a new feature, or whatever, you commit. And what that means is you're saving a version of your code, and you do so it's that. Like save as, but save as kind of for chunks of code. It's yeah. I mean, if you're doing save as and you're saving different files every time you do something, like if you're, if you're, I mean, no one would ever do this, but if you're working in Microsoft Word and you're writing a, a, a speech or a presentation or a business plan, let's say a business plan. And every time you wrote a page and you felt good about the page, you saved that and saved another copy of the file. And that's basically what you're doing. But it's, it's more complicated than that because you can do merges and you can, two people, obviously code is written in, in packs typically, especially in a big company. So you can have two people working on the same file and the GitHub or whatever they're using will allow you to merge those, which is just magic. They're comparing the differences and then merging so them where they can. Yeah, it gets rid of any redundant code or anything. No, it's not redundant. It allows you to work on the same file. It used to be, okay, I'm old enough to remember you could, when before the merging was really bad, like they, there's been ver, uh, versioning and commits forever. But, bef- you know, 15 years ago or more, 
when you were coding, the merging was so unreliable and would mess your code up that no one did it. So the rule was no, only one guy on the team could mess with a file at the time. And so you would have these big teams. I used to be on big teams when I was a consultant. And you would yell out, hey, who's got this controller? I do. Can I have it yet? No. Okay. When can I have it? I mean, that that was conversations you would have. Wow. And yeah, it was. And so when he was done, you would get it. And that was your file. And you, they had exclusive locks is what that was called. And nowadays, the merging is so good, you don't have to worry about that. But anyways, I'm off, I'm off on a tangent there. But gosh, that's bringing back memories. There's another random story. When one of the cardinal sins of working in a team is breaking the build. And what that means is you check in code that makes it so someone else can't compile their code. And so if you did that, it was, you know, this is back when it was, all developers are, were all the guys. I mean, the, there were very, very, very few women developers 15 years ago, especially on large teams. Uh, unfortunately, that's not a, a good thing, but it was like this bro environment, right? And so you would just get ridiculed. I mean, just massively ridiculed publicly if you broke the build. That was the rule. And so no one wanted that to happen. So yeah. everyone was very particular. You know, it didn't have to, it didn't, your stuff didn't have to work when you checked it in, but it couldn't break someone else's code. So they were all afraid that they were going to harass and stuff um, back in the day. Anyway, um, so when it comes to this stuff, this, uh, this, this brings up the larger question that I get asked a lot from a startup and, and business, a small business perspective. And that's about security. Um, about whether or not that they're open for someone to hack or, or what type of, Information is being stored in their app or all of the overall security. Just they yeah. just don't want anybody to get their stuff. <laughs> so, well, I mean, and that's totally reasonable. There's lots of levels of security. And that's what I thought it was worth bringing up in, yeah. in this podcast was there's lots of levels of security. And, and the question is whether or not you want to spend a bazillion dollars securing something or do you want to take the path of least resistance or whatever. So the best way that I've come up with to explain security to uh, non-technical people is everything's hackable. Everything on the planet is hackable. If you think about security, think of it as a wall. Okay. So the more money you put into that wall, the higher you make it, the harder it is to scale or to blow through or however you want to use this analogy, the harder it is to scale it. It's harder to scale a 20 foot wall than a two foot wall, right? The question is, it's not a matter of can someone scale it. Of course, someone can figure out how to scale the 50 foot wall. It's really, really yes, hard, we, but it can be done, right? We've seen that recently. Yes. <laughs> so you uh so the question becomes how much money do you build in on the wall is going to be how much is it worth if they get over the wall, right? What is the value to the hacker if they climb the wall? So if I build a 50-foot wall, but I have something behind the wall that's worth 10 bucks, that's really overkill. No one cares and no one's gonna spend any money to climb a, a wall that's the the prize on the other side is right. 10 bucks. So when you're talking about small businesses and stuff, your prize is very tiny, especially if you're doing other security things, which we can talk about in a second. Well, your prize gets very, very, very small. Now, if you're someone like Amazon, like in this case, or Target many years ago, or the government, even worse, the Sony prize pictures. is basic. Sony Pictures years ago. Yeah. The prize becomes almost infinite, right? If you're the government of the United States of America, the, gov the, the prize on the other side of that wall is basically infinite, right? There is yeah. no value you can put on, say, defense secrets. And so those poor people are constantly in a war because they are constantly being hacked. And they're having to build these walls that are electrified and have moats and alligators and everything to keep these guys out because everyone's figuring, okay, well, I've got a sleeping potion that I'm going to take care of the alligators. 
and I'm going to snip the wires and I'm going to drill a hole. I mean, they're really, really good because it's other governments fighting you, right? And that's now is this brutal. is this like a, a day in day out scenario where the, yes. their job is just, just find new ways to reroute this hacker traffic to keep them away from the other side of the yes. world. Yes, uh, I firmly believe that. I don't have specific proof of that, but yes, it is. You, I mean, I, here's a stupid example. So we've built lots of church websites. It's one of our ministries that we do as a company, and I will tell you, we built you know, we built fifty. Hundred, I don't even know how many websites we built over the years I've been the developer. And I will tell you without fail, a religious-based website has 10 times the hack attempts as a regular website. It's just because it's got a religious slant and people don't want that. So you can, and that's just a regular, just a WordPress site. And we're talking blunt force stuff from all over the world. We'll start targeting them. It is crazy. And that's just a simple church. Now the government, so that means it's constant, you know, probably thousands of people trying all the time to hit every port, everything. I can't even imagine that. Uh, but yes, it's a constant 24-7 fight. And now, is there like 3D cubes with code floating around each side and you have to put in <laughs> these little locks in the graphic interface and, you know, like Swordfish uh, or Hackers? Sure. Or the like key that. is, is when, when you're doing hacking, you have to have two people at the same keyboard. Okay. That's the key. Yeah. When you, and you just type as fast as you possibly can, because that's really what hacking is all about is and then you can type faster. One, one function key that you never use for anything else except hacking that you see the figure zoom mm-hmm. right into pow function. That's right. Function That's right. Nine. It's perfect. Uh, if you haven't seen, for those who didn't get my little reference there, you should look up the YouTube of NCIS hacking. It's oh, a two people on the same forward. That's my favorite. Anyway. Um, so, but, okay. So that's big time hacking, which is not something that our clients are concerned with. But the question is, is what should they be concerned with? Um, now there's, go ahead. I'm guessing as most of our clients are, you know, not enterprise level, all of them, a lot of them are smaller. Uh, sure. The main thing they're probably going to be concerned about when it comes to their security is anything having to do with payments or personal info, right? Correct. That's generally they're not, the crux of it. They're not so worried about their source code or component builds or anything like that getting out there. Well, they're not, but we should be, right? That right. should. That's the difference between a dude versus a team is we are trying to make sure that we are doing it right. If a dude very well might not think about it, but we're going to be thinking of password protection and not putting sensitive stuff into GitHub whenever possible and those kinds of things that a dude might not. So that's our So as a development team, yeah, the the business owner might not think about it because they're more concerned with the money aspect and the privacy aspect. But as a developer, if someone did get into the code and just change one little thing, they could take down the app for a long enough time to where you have to go through everything and try to figure it out. Like kind of what happened well, to Facebook, would, but that was their own problem. It wasn't that was their hacker. own problem. That was a whole, but I mean, thing. but there are little ways for someone to just kind of screw with the product. Well, you, they wouldn't change the code. That's not what a hacker would do. The hacker has no, again, think of the, the what's behind the wall. If I went to the trouble of getting into GitHub, what I'm hoping to get is your database keys to seal your user data. Cause that's where the money is, right? That's, okay. that's what they're trying to do. Um, that no one's going to go in there and remove a semicolon and break the build and 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 laugh at you. That's that's not what someone does. But but as a developer, you just need to be smart because it's our job to protect the client. And so from a client's perspective, what we also have to make sure is they understand, hey, this is what you need to protect. And one of those is PCI compliance, which is, uh, we mentioned it on one of our other ones, but PCI compliance is credit card protection that MasterCard and Visa require you to do. Um, and generally, if you're doing 
payments right, that takes care of itself largely, not 100%, but largely because you don't ever store credit card data and stuff in your own database. Um, so that takes care of that. But if you're, some apps have social security numbers because they are a bank or they are, a, uh, there's lots of legit companies that should have access to your social, what you should be able to give that to them. They should be very sensitive to that. You think of HIPAA compliance, which is medical stuff. All yeah, of these have different kind of levels. Identification, verification type stuff in the United States. Yeah. you. I mean, the bare minimum is you need to make sure that that password, a user's password is never, ever, ever exposed in your database. Because I, the simple thing is if you don't store anything sensitive, then if they did hack your database and stole your data, they've got nothing useful out of it, right? They might've gotten some emails and that's about it. But they got no passwords. They got no socials. They've got no addresses. They've got nothing like that that is um, going to make a difference. Um, and so that's the bare minimum. You always salt and hash your passwords, um, which is just a way of encrypting them. Um, and you never, uh, you never expose it. So we've done HIPAA stuff in the past where everything that was user identifiable had to be encrypted, both in motion, meaning it's being sent from one website to your server and at rest, meaning it's sitting on your server. It has to be encrypted there as well. Um, that is a lot easier than it used to be, but that's, that's HIPAA compliance. And there's just levels of this. And depending on what kind of app you are, you need to have a serious conversation with your dev team as to what kind of security you want to pay for. Because the higher level you get, the more expensive it is. And there oh, yeah, is I'm sure. a good enough for almost any kind of app. Again, until you're large and you have some reason for someone to hack you, um, you good enough is not a very high bar. You can get there and keep your app secure and keep your data secure and all of that good stuff for relatively easy. It should be just standard stuff like SSL and in data encryption on your databases and stuff like that. Very basic stuff. There should be very little cost to that. But if you're saying, oh, okay, I need to be HIPAA compliant. Oh, okay, cool. Then they, we got to do X, Y, and Z to, to be HIPAA compliant. Oh, we're going to be storing social security numbers. We're going to be storing some sensitive data. Okay, well, then we have to do X, Y, and Z to do that too. So everything you add, adds cost. And you just need to keep that in mind. So try to keep as little data, user identifiable data. And now with, I'm a bunch of, I feel like I'm in the military podcast, but GDPR is another thing that's a European and California actually now follows it uh, to a certain degree. They pass their own law. And that basically says everything user identifiable has to also be able to be deletable by the user. Um, and so that's something else you have to build in if you're international or you're working in California, uh, which, that, of course, everybody is. That's why everybody's seeing the cookie pop-ups now, right? Yes, it is. Those annoying cookie things that every website has and that that's a whole different that's an annoying basically anyways, but what those do is just say hey we do store temporary information in the browser and their cookies but you can go into the settings and you can delete them all or change them all or sometimes the preferences for you a lot of them just let you know that and they don't well, let you change anything <laughs> the gdpr the gdpr compliant ones require that you can see the the settings and change them Sure. Yeah. But as long as you're willing to, but it's not uh, obvious. Yeah. Uh, uh, and user license yeah. to use this website. No one ever reads that stuff, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, that's security. I think security is something that every new business needs to pay attention to when they're building their tech, but they shouldn't necessarily go crazy overboard because they can really, you could really spend a ton of money and get very little bang for your buck. So just be careful there and don't get oversold. Cause again, if you're a, standard startup with a two-sided business proposition you can get by security with the basics and you should be just fine and that shouldn't cost anything extra 
but I think well, that's on the security. End of that. Yeah. Well, it leads right into this. Uh, I saw an article, and I think you saw it too, you know, on The Verge, where it kind of got people's opinions about tech companies for the year. They'd ask, they took a tech survey, tech survey 2021. And some of the questions are about privacy and what they think, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. asking users who they trusted and why. And it, it comes out to a bunch of different graphs and they look pretty, but they're kind of hard to discern on the website because they're all very, very close. But there are some telling, I guess you could say, opinions, whether it's favorable or unfavorable about certain mm-hmm. brands and different things. And I found it interesting that Amazon and Google and Netflix are the top three highest opinion, or I guess the high, most favorable brands. Of yeah, they're, they're beloved. And, it, and, they're, and they're untouchable in that belovedness, which is very interesting to me, especially Google. I think YouTube's it, coming in there too. But I mean, of course, the entertainment brands are going to be loved by everybody. Amazon, I guess maybe there's a little hesitancy because people don't like the billionaire Bezos spin. You know what I mean? Well, but they've also gotten a lot of bad press about how they treat their workers and stuff. And so that, I yeah, think that, that's true. That's but true. the question is, is who is answering that? Like, is this just average Joes or are these tech nerds? Because I mean, I'm a tech, a Verge fan, right? So I'm a tech nerd. And so if I answered that, my opinions are going to be much more informed because I'm reading about Amazon mistreating their workers as opposed to I'm just an average Joe and did they get my package on time, right? Well, they've I been think- doing this. They said they started this in 2017 where they'd conduct mm-hmm. periodic mm-hmm. surveys throughout their site and ask small questions. So, Which like, is you know, it'd be like, awesome. are you willing to take this survey? Here's three questions. Thank you. And then they've yeah. been compiling the data since. I mean, it's, so. it's, it, and I'm sure fans of the birds, there's lots of different types of fans, right? But yeah, I, it, what's interesting to me is the, what stuck out to me is one, yeah, Google's unassailable. And I think it, it just, a lot of this is now just because everything is so political now. How much are you in the news for your political activeness, right? And Google largely falls flies under the radar they don't get involved in that they don't make people upset apple less so but you know they're a little bit more active amazon has gotten into it but but facebook you start getting down the list further facebook is all over the politics and people have very strong opinions whatever your politics are either you love them or hate them or whatever facebook is in there and you can see that people just don't like facebook very clearly the only thing worse that i remember from the article tiktok TikTok is just (laughs) an absolute and, and I, I, I will come out with my bias here. I do not. My kids are never allowed to use TikTok. I have a real thing about it. I don't trust it at all yeah. because my kids really don't have stuff. They don't have. They're not not allowed to use that or Instagram either right now. But um, if they want to see the funny little trendy TikTok stuff, there's plenty of YouTube videos people have compiled. With you know what's stuff. funny? But they don't have um, to be a member to see. My that, daughter, so. she's 13, and we have kept her completely off of social media up to now um and so what she has done to fight read tiktok because all of her friends talk about tiktok and i'm like absolutely not so what she does she goes to pinterest where people post tiktoks up on pinterest and that's how she watches tiktok and i'm like there's there's always a way yeah there's always and kids will always find it but uh one thing i did find interesting to go Mm -hmm. back to the security thing one of the questions they had is uh your trust do you trust Mm -hmm. these companies with your personal information and then it shows you the results. And as we know, Apple has been using security and privacy and personal information like as a strong selling point 
the last yeah. couple of years, they are not rated the highest. Which is interesting. I kind of find that to be somewhat disingenuous. And they're, yeah, they're being, I guess, Amazon and Netflix are a little bit higher than them for the trust factor. But when it comes to other companies like Facebook and, you know, even Slack, but like Facebook and Twitter and TikTok, they're all way down there. With the personal but here, here's the thing. This is what I find disingenuous about it. So if you are, oh man, I don't trust these people. And yet you're, you gave them your login. Information. You gave them your private information to create an account and you're still using the app, but you don't trust them. So to it's me, always the, it's the, can, well, yeah. somebody should do something about it. Yeah. You, you <laughs> can complain on a survey that you don't trust them. But until you actually refuse to give them your information, that's just, that's just not real. I don't, I don't know. That to me it's is funny. They're going to, they're going to complain about the, maybe the distrust in Facebook on Twitter. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. they distrust Twitter just as much as Facebook. Sure. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, I have issues and all that with just like everybody else on the survey, but I just say, find that hilarious. It's, man, I absolutely don't trust Apple says the guy on his iPhone. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, I mean, what are you going to do? Unplug yourself and become a, like a internet hermit that only yeah, uses well, like I, duck, duck, go inside of an aluminum <laughs> foil covered like rv parked somewhere near a cell tower that you hacked into i mean i have heard of people going on sabbaticals and saying i am not going to use any of the five biggest tech people i believe at this point that now this may be a couple of years ago i'm sure someone's doing it now but i don't know if that's possible anymore like if you want to live a normal productive life how do you not use something from amazon google Apple or Microsoft. Seriously. Yeah. How do you do? It's, you can't own a phone. You, no phone. Can you maybe a Samsung that was running Tizen, which is their, I, I, I know they have some cheap phones that might use, that was their Android clone that they made a few years ago. It, maybe you could have a phone, but I mean, you're literally, you can't own a computer. You can't own a phone. It take you your entertainment out. You can't even use the Microsoft Zune. Oh, dude, again, I mean, <laughs> dig at the Zoom. I just, that's just pain. It really hits the home, even though I haven't had one. But it's, but it, what's even more crazy is you might think that you're going to website X and I'm not using, like I'm using DuckDuckGo and I'm using all these things, but you don't realize that every website that you're going to is still making money for Google. It's still making money because it's running on a Amazon server running Google ads, <laughs> right? It's like, you can think yep. you're getting away from but you absolutely are not because they're everywhere. They are. I, I would be very curious, unless you truly live in a shack in the mountains and you just don't ever talk to anybody or you're Amish and you don't believe in technology, I don't see how you can do it in a modern way. I'd love to, I'd love to hear about that. Okay. And on that note, I think it's time to transition to the mailbag. We did not get a question this week and I didn't make one up, but I am pleased to tell you all that I did get a fan letter. And I am, I'm tickled pink because seriously, I didn't think we had any fans, but we got, we got, a, we got a, a, a little kudos that said we sounded like uh, engaging radio personalities with communication backgrounds. And I'm like, well, that's very sweet. Thank you very much. Uh, I'll take it. And thank you, Joe, Joe, who sent that in. I appreciate you very much. Thanks, and, Joe. Um, yeah. So, so if you have a question or fan, you want to be nice. Um, it's always good to hear people who like the podcast. Um, feel free to reach us at hello at the bigpixel.net. Um, and that will uh, 
come to us. And if we can weave your question or comment into the show, we absolutely will. And um, thank you for the compliment, Joe. That, uh, apologize for the the fact that this is recorded on Zoom this week. So maybe the communication background might be. We, we're going to take some dings. He's going to send us another email that says, uh, we'll never make mind, it I take it back. That sounded like trash. Next week's <laughs> be good. Next week's will be professional. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> and on that note, I think we're going to wrap it up. Thank you all for joining us. And hopefully, uh, uh, if you have enjoyed this, feel free to subscribe um, at your favorite podcasting app. Um, I hear most people use Apple Podcasts. I'm new to all this, but apparently that's the big giant um, rather than all the plethora of others. Uh, subscribe to us and uh, send us some emails. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you next week. See you guys later.